back and pleased to report that joining us between meetings with the UC Regents today is our very own Chancellor at UC Davis, Larry Vanderhoof. Chancellor, uh, were you there at the game on Stanford, uh, Stanford Stadium on Saturday? I was, and I hear you were there too. I was, indeed. Quite an exciting adventure. Yeah, we had 9,000 people there all feeling the same way about something, didn't we? <laughs> Well, I, I don't know. I don't know about you, Chancellor. I, I was I was pleasantly surprised and, and and almost stunned, but I didn't I didn't completely rule out the possibility that the Aggies might win. Uh, where, where did you stand on that? I thought uh, the odds of us winning were slim. Well, yes, <laughs> to say the least. And uh, and I thought, yeah, I, I, as I've said to somebody, I thought that if uh, I had been given before the game an ending that was something like 20 to 18, but we lost, I probably would have taken it. Right. Because <laughs> that would have been a close game. So just like everybody else, I was thrilled to death. I just really felt good about it all and felt good about our players. And as you said, the stands, there were three three sections of stands certainly filled with blue uniforms, and, and, and no one wanted to seem to leave when the game was over. That was what I kept saying to people. Nobody wants to go home. <laughs> I guess it's because it was such a good feeling. And... People just wanted to stay and talk to other people that were there, and it was very nice. I thought I, I don't know I don't know about you, sir, but I certainly felt at the end of the game with that last drive, uh, what they needed to win. I thought you know even if they don't make it, you know no one's been embarrassed. It's been a great day. It was just the frosting on the cake that they actually did go down and score. Yeah, that's how I felt about it as well. Although by that time, it was quite clear that we were beating this team. It, yes. We didn't have the score <laughs> showing right. that, but. Uh, especially in the second half, don't you think? I do indeed, I do. Have you gotten some feedback from other, other chancellors and, and regents? Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> in fact, the president's weekly cabinet meeting, he had on his agenda as the first item the Stanford-UC Davis game. <laughs> <laughs> and every, virtually every chancellor has uh, had something to say about it. And, in fact, one of the chancellor's husbands was there. They live in Palo Alto mm-hmm. and... Uh, Everybody noticed. There's no doubt about it. And I imagine that uh, there's a there's a little bit hot under the collar over at Berkeley now for the big game. The challenge is on. <laughs> it's been very tempting for me to say things like uh, to Chancellor Bergino, like, if you uh, need any tips, uh, we'll be available <laughs> for the big game. <laughs> but uh, but I've actually resisted it. Uh, <laughs> and haven't done a whole lot of of that. Dines was actually going to mention it. Uh, yesterday in, uh, at the Regents meeting, but uh, and I'm glad he did, thought better of it. We have some very serious items on the Regents agenda, and he didn't quite see that as fitting in. Well, but uh, he was certainly aware of it. He sent me an email, and I forwarded it to Bob Biggs. Fair enough. Chancellor, there, there's, there was press all over the nation on this. It was been hailed by the greatest victory as in UCD history, also uh, commented on as the worst loss in Stanford history, I know that ultimately uh, you were responsible for, for uh, Davis's move to Division One, and part of the goal, of course, was to raise Davis's profile across the nation. It certainly would appear at this point mission accomplished. Yeah, a little earlier than I thought, <laughs> as a matter of fact. It was not uh, at the time, you know, the, the, the faculty voted two to one against it. There were some, there, there were real issues. If you look all of the 
issues that were associated, it was really the right thing for us to do. We were able to compete with universities that are truly our academic peers. Division One. this is something that not very many people knew, Division One has gone to academic standards that are actually higher than those in uh, Division Two. Really? And, hmm. Yeah, they are higher than Division Two. but I, I think mostly you have to take care of business at home, and uh, what we did I think of, of of the several things we did, there were two that were very important. And one is that our, our athletes are uh, UC eligible, and that means they're in the top eighth of their graduation, of the, of the statewide graduating class. That's the only way they're admitted. So we we don't have any admission by exception if you're an athlete or anything at right. all like that. Right. So they're very, very smart. But we go a step further, and we have, uh, there are sanctions for coaches whose um, average graduation rate for their team members uh, falls below the average for the campus. There are sanctions. So so coaches know that that's what they've got to do. They've got to make sure that their athletes um, graduate at a rate that is uh, just as high as the average student population. Well, Chancellor Vanderhoof, a lot of people have been, of course, concerned with a lot of the scandals that have been in big-time athletics across the nation. Are you confident that UCD can avoid those pitfalls? Yes, I was at uh, some universities where they had trouble. Uh, I was at the University of Illinois where, uh, in fact, uh, chaired a committee that looked into recruiting uh, problems that came about when Mike White came to uh, the University of Illinois from uh, from Berkeley, and we had some difficulty there. But probably most important, I was at Maryland when they ran into lots of trouble with Lefty Dreisel and, and uh, other activities. And, and they, they did very well at, at recovering, but the whole idea should be to avoid those problems uh, in the in the first place, and uh, I'm quite confident that with the various safeguards that we have in place, that we will uh, do that. It's coming back to the Stanford game for a moment. It was very evident that you had smart people out there on the field. It was to me anyway, and that's what I was talking about before when mm-hmm. I was talking about pure institutions. Mm-hmm. But it's it uh, suddenly occurred to me in this second half that we may have had the highest collective IQ of football players on the field in that game than has ever appeared on the football field before this. Uh, uh, and that, uh, to me, is exactly what, what, what we're about. We'll, we'll do this athletics uh, program at the Division One level, but never, ever will we forget that, first and foremost, these are students, and uh, together with what else they do, they're, they're student-athletes. Well, UC Davis Chancellor Larry Vanderhoof, thank you so much for speaking with us. Was this your first appearance on KDVS? No, actually, I've been there before, and uh, and the last time was to talk about the the move to D1, (laughs) and I I did an evening uh, interview uh, show. Well, well, thank you again. We hope we can bring you back for talking about something else besides besides this interesting topic, but it's certainly there's there's more things we could talk about. I would be happy. All righty. All righty. Good luck, sir. So long. I'd like to note that uh, one week ago uh, today, I, I had a chance, an opportunity to sit in for Mr. Jeffrey Callison over at Capital Public Radio. There was uh, an interview I uh, um, I think you, you may want to check out. We interviewed 
Sir David King, who's the chief scientific advisor to the British government, the man who in, who advises Prime Minister Tony Blair about things scientific. Um, if you're interested in that, you can go to capradio.org slash insight and hear that interview. It was, uh, it was a high watermark for me among the many people we've had a chance to interview uh, here and, and over at KXJZ. We should note, uh, just you know, that, that that Sir David King, like most reputable scientists around the world, is taking a look at what what's going on, and saying that uh, you know, a, a global warming is not uh, controversial. Global warming is here now, and we have to act promptly. Uh, he told me when the microphone was off, and I think I can repeat this if I'm not too specific about who he was referring to. He said, "I'll never say this uh, live on the air, but." Um, in, in making reference to one of the people who's supposed to be advising George Bush about uh, scientific matters, as, as uh, Sir David advises uh, Tony Blair, he noted in private conversation, this person said to him, you know, Sir David, uh, you know, don't embarrass me. You know that in private, I agree with you. I, I just can't say so publicly. I, I won't say who, who it was in the United States that, uh, that said that, but, uh, you know, I, it, it's just so appropriate. That is the kind of thing that's coming out of uh, the current administration in Washington, sad to say. In fact, there's an essay in New Scientist magazine on that very topic. But, uh, but frankly, we, we don't. We don't have time for that. Uh, we, were, we are running out of time. Uh, I would refer you also to a special issue, September 2005, of Scientific American. It notes on page 46 that an action plan for the 21st century would include number one, understanding the changes that are going on in the planet. Scientific American noted that obvious though this may seem, this first step is so often neglected. It can be hard to look past the daily headlines to understand the core trends we are experiencing. Well, here at Radio Parallax, we take that to heart and are doing our level best to bring uh, the important issues to you and, and look past uh, you know, the, uh, the blur of the headlines of today. We'd also like to plug another fine media institution locally, the Sacramento News and Review. Uh, last week's article by Cosmo Garvin notes that Project Censored's book for this year is dedicated to the late Gary Webb. Cosmo notes that the project has just released Censored 2006, the latest annual roundup of what it calls the 25 most important news stories not covered by the corporate media in 2004-05. Topping the list this year, Bush administration moves to eliminate open government, detailing the myriad ways in which this administration has limited information on the Federal Freedom of Information Act. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that's a good read, and, and uh, we're going to try and get some people from Project Censored on this show. They've been on Franz's show. Uh, Dr. Uh, Peter Phillips has been on. And we're going to see if we can't, uh, you know, bring him back. I'm sure that uh, Franz will do likewise, and we'd like to also talk to Cosmo. I'm sure he'll be back. And uh, final item of the day, I was received a, a, a mail, a snail mail from the Center for Biological Diversity soliciting funds, but noting, I think with some urgency, and I wanted to bring this to your attention, that apparently the center had recently obtained a leaked copy of draft legislation by Richard Pombo, Republican, California, a congressman from the Stockton area and south. You've seen his numerous real estate signs, Pombo, as you've driven along 580 toward Altamont. Uh, Richard Pombo is a, a, a quote, uh, rancher, unquote, and, and real estate developer. 
who is putting together a strategy for an all-out attack on the Endangered Species Act, including a sunset clause that would repeal the act in total. The uh, Center for Biological Diversity's newsletter noted that Pombo and his allies in the Bush administration have said that, quote, reform, unquote, of the Endangered Species Act is one of their highest priorities. But when they say reform, quote, unquote, they mean kill it. I would encourage you to, uh, to look that up on the web and see what, uh, what you might learn. It appears the clock has run out on today's program. We'd like to thank, again, Angela DePrado, KDVS's own sports director, as well as sports reporter Sean Minton, who is our very own sports correspondent, and, of course, UC Davis's chancellor, Larry Vanderhoof, who we hope got quite a few pats on the back during his meetings today with the Board of Regents. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. And uh, you should, of course, now stay tuned for Hometown Atrocities to follow. We'll see you next Thursday at 5 o'clock.